I can be a quarter full, I can have a little bit, or I can be full. And the Bible tells us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And this is a, a message today. It's going to be short, it's going to be to the point, and it's going to be real practical. If you're not full, you need to fill up. Amen. If you're not full of the Holy Spirit, you need to get filled with the Spirit of God. Anybody believe what I'm saying today? Amen. Some time ago, some time ago, uh, Gatorade began a advertising campaign, and uh, so I'm going to uh, use their campaign to my advantage today. And I'm going to ask the question: Is it in you? Is it in you? This is the most important question. Are you filled with the Holy Spirit? Is the Spirit of God in you? If there's anybody that wants to leave here filled with the Spirit of God, put your hands together and give praise to the Lord right now. Come on, give him some praise right now. Hallelujah. Amen. The Lord is worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. Amen. God bless you and you may be seated. It happened to me about three and a half weeks ago, three and a half to four weeks ago. I was driving, and uh, in, the, in the automobile was, uh, uh, I believe, uh, I think Caleb was with me. And also I had our guest speaker for the youth camp. And we were driving along down south on Rosemead, and all of a sudden my car cut out on me. And I immediately thought, oh, no, there's something wrong with my car. I, uh, something mechanically bad has happened to my car, and then it hit me. I realized that I had done something that I hadn't done in years. I had, everybody knows what I'm going to say, I had run out of gas. I had been on that E mark, and you know, it's okay when you get to the E mark, but it gets dangerous when you get past the E mark. And I was past the E mark, and I usually know how far that I can go. So what did I have to do? I had to shamefully pull over to the side of the road, tell the guest speaker that was visiting with us all the way from Kentucky, can you wait right here on the side of the road? I know it's hot. Roll the windows down, please. And uh, I'm going to walk up here, and I saw in the distance, I saw the sign, and... Uh, I can't remember which gas station it was. Maybe it was 76. I saw it in the distance. I said, well, I'll go there. I'll see if they have a gas tank. I'll fill that tank up with gas and bring it back and regas the car. And so I began to walk what looked like a block. But then I got to the end of that block, and the sign was still in the distance. So I went another block, uh, kind of running and walking, running and walking. And, and, and it was another block in the distance. I ended up walking four of those big, long city blocks on Rosemead because somehow that gas station sign looked like it was right there, but it was down the road. So I got there, and I had to spend 10, uh, 10 or $15 to uh, get a gas can, one of the uh, Rubbermaid gas cans, and then fill it up with gas and then go and, and put it into the tank and then drive directly back over and fill the car up with gas again. I see some knowing nods in the house today because I think maybe I'm not the only one who has ever run out of gas. Anybody run out of gas before? Amen. We run on empty sometimes, but there's a great, it's just a great feeling to me. It just, when I finally top it off and the tank is full, 
and I put it back and I make sure there's enough money in my uh, bank account to pay for the full tank of gas that I just purchased and I drive off and it just feels full. It feels good to be full and not to be worried anymore about whether I'm going to run out of gas or whether there's going to be a gas station soon enough that I can go to before I hit empty. It feels good to be full. And I want to talk today about the importance, just for a few moments, uh, of being filled with the Holy Spirit uh, and how many of us uh, are running on empty, if we would admit, uh, and that's part of our problem. In in fact, uh, that's most of our problem is that we are conserving energy. We're struggling with things uh, because we are running on empty. And the best thing, I know this sounds simple, but the best thing that you could do is get full right up to the top until the nozzle starts clicking full of the Holy Ghost and of the power of God. Amen. Praise the Lord. There's one passage of Scripture where it refers to the Holy Spirit, and uh, uh, it's very interesting what Jesus said. Jesus tells his disciples, I'm about to be taken away from you. And uh, his disciples are sorrowful when they hear that Jesus is going to be taken away from them. But Jesus says, don't be sorrowful. He said in, in John 16, 7, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. Jesus says, in essence, it's better for you that I be in you than I be with you. John 14, he says, I am with you, but I shall be in you. Jesus made it clear that right now I'm side by side with you disciples, but there's coming a time when I won't be hanging out with you anymore, but I shall be in you. He says, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. It's in your best interest that I leave you. Now, most of us would think the greatest thing that could ever happen to us would be to, to be able to have Jesus as our living, breathing friend in the flesh, that we could hang out with him and spend time with him and visit with him and sit down at dinner with him and watch what he does and observe him. And no doubt that would be awesome. Can we agree that it would be awesome to be able to spend time with Jesus in the flesh? But Jesus said to his disciples, it's better for you that I leave because what I'm going to give you is better than me just being with you. But I am going to be in you. And I want to let you know, amen, that when you have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You have Jesus Christ living on the inside. Anybody got the Holy Ghost like the Bible says? John 14, 15 says it this way. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Yet a little while, Jesus said, and the world seeth me no more. I'm going to be gone. 
but ye see me because I live, ye shall live also. And here's the point I want to make. In that day ye shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. The Bible says that this is God's plan. That just like Jesus, the man, the flesh, is in the Father, and the Father is in him, who is the Father? The Father is the divine nature of God that is omnipresent. Jesus said, I am in the Father because the Father's everywhere. But what's different about me is the Father is in me as well. I have a divine nature. And Jesus says, the day is coming when I will be in you and you will be in me. Praise God. Amen. This is really important to understand that it's God's plan that we be, first of all, in Christ. That we be in Jesus Christ. How do we get in Christ? By faith, we get in Christ by being baptized into Jesus Christ. The Bible says, as many as have been baptized have put on Christ. Make this plain to you one more time. This is my coat. My coat is beside me, but I am not in my coat right now. This is my tie. You like it? That's what everybody's thinking. I know. This was my gift for pastor's appreciation. Amen. So, but when I'm clothed in it, now I am in my coat. And the Bible says when you were baptized, you put on Christ. Just like Adam and Eve put on the skins of the animal that died in their place, we are clothed in Jesus Christ when we are baptized into Christ. That's why water baptism is so very important because that's how we get into Christ. Amen? Praise the Lord. And let me just make it a little clearer to you here in, the, in 1 Peter. The Bible uh, says this. I want, I want to read it to you here just to make it plain. It says, which sometimes were disobedient in 1 Peter 3.20. When once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was uh, preparing. Everybody say the ark. Wherein few, that is eight souls, were saved by water. They were saved through the water, by the ark, eight people. Everybody remember the story of Noah. It says, the like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us. Not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, not because you got washed in the water physically and your, your flesh is no longer dirty because you got cleaned by the water, but the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Uh, let me make this real plain to you right now. The Bible makes it clear that the wages of sin is death. Everybody say amen. And all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And so all of us deserve eternal death and separation from God. That's the judgment that's coming to humankind. Amen. And the Bible says that we can be saved from judgment just like Noah and his family was saved from the judgment of the flood. 
How were they saved from the judgment of the flood? They got into the ark. And when they got into the ark, eight souls were saved through the water. And the apostle Peter says, this is an example of how baptism saves us today. Amen. There is judgment that's coming on the earth. There is judgment that every sinner is going to have to pay for. But those of us that are in the ark, that have gotten into Christ, she'll be saved from the judgment. Amen. So us getting into Christ, us getting into the ark, is what guarantees our salvation being buried with Christ Jesus in the waters of baptism. So when you are baptized, you get into Christ. This is important because the Bible says when the trumpet sounds, the dead in Christ shall rise first. If you're not in Christ, when the trumpet sounds, you won't rise. But it's the dead in Christ that shall rise first. Or those that are asleep in Christ shall rise up. And I want to give you clarity today that you've got to get into Jesus Christ. And it's more than just getting baptized. It's about saying, I I am in the body of Christ. I am in Jesus Christ. I am following him the rest of the days of my life. So that's me in Christ. But what about Christ in me? Jesus said you're going to understand that number one, you got to be in me. And number two, I got to get in you. And when you're water baptized, you are in Christ, but there's something else that gets Christ in you. The Bible says that the hope of glory to you and I is Christ getting in us. And Jesus said in John chapter 14, what's getting ready to happen down the road after I depart from you is you're going to have an opportunity to get me on the inside. He was speaking or referring to the Holy Ghost just like he said, if any man thirst, let him come to me and drink freely because out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. This spake he of the Holy Spirit that was going to be poured out. When you receive the Spirit of God, you get Jesus on the inside and it starts working on the outside and it starts bringing about a transformation and a change in your life. How many are thankful that you're filled with the Holy Spirit? When you get the Holy Spirit on the inside, the Bible promises righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Also, the Bible makes it very clear that when the Spirit of truth has come, Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit comes, He will lead you and guide you into all truth. The Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you into all truth. And also, the Bible says this of the Holy Ghost, that when you receive the Holy Spirit, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses of me, both 
both in Jerusalem and in Judea and unto the uttermost part of the earth. God's plan is that you would be empowered to be a witness, that you would have strength and courage to do what God has called you to do. Amen. How many believe that there's power in the Holy Spirit? And if I were to pass the mic around and ask for testimonies of how your life was changed when you got in Christ and Christ in you and how that your appetites begin to change and how that your desires begin to change and how that your motivations begin to change and how that the things that you used to do, you don't want to do them anymore and your entire life is transformed. That's because the Bible says that the Holy Spirit quickens our mortal body. It changes us. That there is a writing of God's law upon our heart that transpires when the Holy Spirit comes into our life. Amen. And we begin to desire and seek after the things of the Lord and the testimonies of what God has done in the lives of believers uh, are awesome and how people that used to not care a thing about God start studying and reading the Bible and get into the word of the Lord and people who had all these priorities about the things of life suddenly become interested in hungry and seeking after and pursuing the things of God. This is what happens uh, when you are filled with the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Amen. The Bible tells us to be filled with the Holy Ghost. But here's the thing that I noticed. I noticed this today. Is that even though the apostles received the baptism of the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts, when it refers to them when they're about to preach or work a miracle, it says the apostle Paul, being filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak or spoke to the evil spirit or whatever it was that they do. It makes it very clear to me that this first time experience in the book of Acts, chapter 2, where they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit was not meant to be one tank for life. But that when God was working through these people, He was working through them when they were filled with with the Holy Spirit. When they were filled with the Holy Spirit, then they begin to be used powerfully for God. Then they begin to do miracles. Then they begin to speak as a witness. Now here's the point. Here's the point. When somebody is filled, after a while, you can't put any more in. And once you get full... What happens if it keeps pouring in? It starts overflowing. And I want to tell you today that I really believe that the reason many people don't seem to be able to witness and the reason many people don't seem to have the power to be used of God is because they're operating on just enough Holy Ghost uh, to keep them saved uh, rather than being filled with uh, the Holy Ghost. They want to operate on just enough uh, to keep functioning rather than being filled with the Holy Ghost. But when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, it begins to flow out of you and it begins to splash off on other 
people and it begins to impact other lives. I believe that's why the word of God says that we are to be filled with the Holy Ghost, filled with the Holy Spirit. When I was younger, I preached a sermon to young people. The question I asked was, why did David select five smooth stones? Because according to my reading of the Bible, it only took one rock to knock off his block. Right? But the Bible says he picked up five stones and put them in his pouch. Why did he get five stones? Was it symbolic? Was it because Goliath had brothers? Was it because it represented the word of God or the name of God? I think it's real simple. David said, if I'm going to go to battle, I'm going to make sure I have more than enough ammunition to take care of this guy. I don't want just one rock because I might miss with the first one. I want to make sure I have more than enough. And I want to—I just want to get this off my spirit today because maybe God's just talking to me, but I believe maybe he's talking to some people in this church. In order for us to be the church that God wants us to be, we can't run on empty and we can't operate off of just enough. But there has to be something in us that says, I want so much of God that is overflowing out of me not just enough to keep from sinning and not just enough to keep me going to church but I want to be overflowing with the spirit of God hallelujah hallelujah Amen. Mission 25 is based on Matthew 25. Matthew 25 talks about God commanding us to feed and minister to and meet the needs. But the very first thing you read in Matthew 25 is you start reading the chapter. It tells the story of the five wise and the five foolish virgins. It says that there were five virgins that were wise and five were foolish and the Bible says that all of them had lamps and they were waiting for the bridegroom. But it starts out with this statement. It says, the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God shall be likened unto ten virgins. The kingdom of heaven, that's what we're a part of. The Bible says the kingdom of heaven is likened unto ten virgins. Five of them were wise. Five of them were foolish. But the only difference between the wise and the foolish is the foolish virgins had just enough oil, they thought, to make it through the night. The wise virgins were the ones that said, not just enough, but I brought some extra to make sure that I have more than enough. And the story goes, Jesus' parable goes, that at a certain time when it got late, the five foolish virgins, amen, said we don't have enough oil to make it through the night. We've got to go get some more oil. And while they left trying to find some oil, the Bible says that the bridegroom arrived and only the five wise virgins got to go. Interesting. Interesting. That the oil is the Holy Spirit. And there were those that said, I want to make sure I'm overflowing. I want to make sure that I have more than enough. And the Bible says this is wisdom in the kingdom of God. Amen. 
In this world, it's wise to have resources and finances and all of this stuff. In the kingdom of God, it's wise to have more than enough of the Holy Spirit. And I'm challenging us from top to bottom, from side to side. Are you filled with the Holy Spirit? And if you'd be honest with me and say, Pastor, I'm kind of running on empty. I'm going to challenge you to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Sometimes being filled with the Holy Spirit after you've been born again, sometimes it takes a little while. Sometimes we want to raise our hands and say, Thank you, Jesus, because we're all guilty. We're all guilty. We want to do our five minutes at the altar. Or maybe we're feeling a little empty. We want to talk to God for five minutes and say, okay, God, I recognize where I am. Help me out now. Thank you, Jesus. And then we'll do our little shukamashai, speak in tongues. Okay, I feel better. Shukamashai, that's what my uncle used to say. Or shaddy eye, that's what he used to say. My uncle was a preacher. He said, you're shat, you got your shaddy eye for a minute, and you're like, okay, I'm good. But the reality is sometimes it takes a little bit of time to get filled with the Spirit. It takes a little bit of intentionality. Is there anybody here that's had to put gas in the church van before? Brother Chris, you've had to put gas in that. Brother Chet, some of you have had to put. Here's the deal. There is something wrong with that van because I'm telling you, you have to like just put it in at a trickle because as soon as you turn off, it clicks because somehow... Uh, the mechanism that uh, tells it it's full is telling it it's full all the time. And so you just kind of got to let it in little by little and like put it on the lowest and then it'll click. And, and uh, um, I remember the first time Brother Caleb had to put gas in the van. He called me and said, what's wrong with this thing? I've been here for 45 minutes and I've got half a tank in. <laughs> it takes a little while to put it in there. And the same is true with us in the spirit. The Bible says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And they shall mount up with wings like as of an eagle. And there are, and there are some of us, and, and all of us fall into this category at time. That's why I'm preaching it today, because we need to wake up. There are some of us that think that our Sunday morning experience is going to take care of being full of the Holy Spirit. But the problem is, you may be the only one that's deceived that you're full of the Spirit. And if you'd sit down with yourself for a minute, you would have to be honest with yourself and say, I'm not full of the Holy Ghost. I'm just kind of scratching my way through. I'm just barely making it. Amen. This is not the way God wanted me to live. Amen. And so you got to get close to God. you got to spend some time in His presence. you got to spend some time in His Word. you got to spend some time drawing close to the Lord but here's the good thing Jesus said the word of God says if you draw nigh unto me I will draw nigh unto you and you don't have to take the whole journey but you start reaching for him you start hungering after him you start thirsting for him and the Lord amen the Lord will come your direction and begin to satisfy and minister to and bless you hallelujah 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 it was uh, last Saturday evening here in our church prayer at 6 o'clock when Brother Della O was leading the prayer. We were praying. 
And uh, he stopped us for a minute and gathered us together. And he said, we've got to push a little bit. He said, this prayer time, together, we're pushing, we're believing, we're doing spiritual warfare, we're seeking a breakthrough. And he said, so the kind of prayer that is just more devotional type prayer, just like the time where you just kind of talk to God for a little bit, he said, let's not do that right now. Let's push. Let's push until we find ourselves in the supernatural realm. Let's push until we find ourselves in the realm of the Spirit. Let's keep pushing until that happens. Uh, and so we begin to pray again. And there was more vigor, more uh, uh, intensity, and more passion in the prayer. And while I was praying like that, uh, while I was praying with focus, while I was commanding things in the Spirit, uh, I noticed uh, that my perspective began to change. Uh, that things in my mind, the way I was viewing things began to change and I realized what was happening is that I was getting into the spirit and the Holy Spirit was coming upon me, amen and I was being saturated with the presence of God, hallelujah and I want to tell you that it's not enough to spend a few moments and bow your head and pray, anytime you reverence God is good, but that doesn't equal being filled with the spirit, amen you have got to get down to business and say God I want to be full I want to be overflowing. I want to be anointed. Amen. I want to be in your presence. I want to be close to you. I want to be overflowing with the glory of God in my life. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. In the uh, tabernacle in the Old Testament, in order to get into the holy place, which is where the Shekinah glory of God was, the Holy Spirit, if you would, in that room so powerful that it produced light, haze, hazy light. In order to get there, you had to start in the outer court where it was lit by the sunshine. And then you had to move into the next level, which is called the holy place, which was lit by candles produced light and then behind the veil was the holiest of holies where the presence and the spirit of God was the point that I want to make to you as we close this up today is that you had to start where you were you had to start in the flesh you had to start pretty much feeling nothing you had to start quite a bit of ways removed from the Shekinah glory of God and you had to start moving that direction. And once you got a little bit out beyond the, uh, uh, the place where the altar was, where you asked God to forgive you and, you, and you cry out to God and give you a sacrifice, then you went into the holy place where you were getting closer. And when the curtain would part, the glory of God was visible. And you begin to feel and sense something was changing in the atmosphere. But then, in order to get into the holiest of holies, you had to go past that next veil. Amen. Where you stepped completely. See, because when you're in the holy place, the curtain opens and there's the flesh or the outside. The curtain opens and there's the supernatural. There's the Holy Spirit of God. You're in the middle. But you go in past that. And 
And once you get into the holy place, you're in the presence and the spirit of the living God. And I want to I let you know that sometimes in prayer, we've got to push out of the flesh. Some people pray only in the outer court. And they wonder why they're not filled with the spirit. You've got to push beyond the outer court and say, God, I want to get in your presence I want to get into the presence of the living God. I want to pray, amen, until the things of this world start getting dim. I want to pray, amen, until all the things that had my attention lose my attention. And I begin to think about the goodness of the Lord. And I begin to think about the presence of God. And I begin to move into the Spirit. The Bible says I will pray with the Spirit and with understanding. There's two types of prayer. There's the prayer that is with my understanding or my human mind or my human emotions that's praying with understanding but the apostle said you also got to pray in the spirit that's when you move out of your understanding out of your uh, uh, cognitive or flesh prayer and you move into a prayer where is the Holy Spirit praying through you and when the Holy Spirit begins to pray through you you are going to find that you are full of the Holy Ghost So when you come to a worship service, do me a favor and don't just sit there. When people begin to pray, do me a favor and don't just sit there like a bump on the log, looking like you'd rather be any other place rather than here. You're not going to get into the presence of the Lord that way. But recognize, come to praise the Lord. And I may not feel like it right now. Amen. Sometimes you got to praise the Lord when you don't feel like it. Sometimes you got to worship God when you don't feel too close to God. Otherwise, you can't get close to God. You just begin to worship Him. You begin to praise Him. And you begin to move into the presence of the Lord. That's what we're here for when we start at 11 o'clock. It's not music hour. You guys understand what I'm saying? It's not a concert. It's being led into worship. Take advantage of this time. What are you coming to church for? Just so everybody knows you ain't lost? What are you coming here for? You're coming to get in touch with God. Right? You came to have a connection with God, to have an encounter with God. You got to push a little bit. You got to praise the Lord a little bit. You got to worship Him until you feel a breakthrough in your spirit. Come on, I ain't no fool. I don't live in a bubble. I know life's tough. I know things go on in your family. I know things go on at work that leave you depleted. I know things that stress you out and you come in the house of the Lord. And I know I've been there before. And your attitude is, they're lucky I came today the way I feel. And then we don't tap in and we don't take advantage. But when you come, you better come with intentionality. The Bible says bring a sacrifice of praise. Amen. When they brought a sacrifice of praise in the Old Testament, what was it? What did they bring? Some kind of an animal, right? It could be a turtle dove. It could be a, a bullock. It could be a calf. They brought the sacrifice with them when they came to worship. So guess what that means? That means they planned to bring a sacrifice when they came 
to worship. They didn't just show up and the worship service starts. And they said, it's time to give a sacrifice. And they're like, did I happen to bring a lamb today? Oh, look, I got a turtle dove in my pocket. Check that out. Isn't that great? They came with a plan. They came ready. Amen. They came intending to sacrifice to the Lord. Some of us need to come to church with a little bit more intentionality. Can I say that? I said it anyway. (laughs) Say, I came to worship the Lord. If you didn't come to worship the Lord, look out. Because something's fitting to splash off on you. I've come to give him glory and magnify him. Amen. I've been praying this week. I've been talking to God this week. And I've been just waiting when I could get together with my brothers and sisters and lift up the name of Jesus. I promise you, if we get 20, 30, 40% of this congregation coming ready to worship the Lord, we'll get 15 minutes into the service and the power of God will begin to fall in this place. Come on, it's just us here. Let's push a little bit right now. Let's stand our feet right now. We're putting work into planning. We're investing finances and resources into Mission 25 and 40 Days of Purpose. But if we think this right here is going to bring healing, it doesn't matter how nice the brochures are, how much planning goes into it, all that's important. But let me tell you what's going to bring healing. It's going to bring it because there are people that are filled with the Holy Spirit, that are hungry for God, that are intentional about a move of God. I preached in Springville, Indiana when I was an evangelist. I've never been to a church like that in my life. First of all, it was out in the middle of nowhere. Springville, Indiana has like 200 people in the whole town. Out in the middle of nowhere. They had a, a, nice, a nice church, nice building, and parsonage, and fellowship hall, and, and all that. But I remember when I would preach there, the pastor told me, I said, well, what time does service start? He says, prayer starts at 5, this was Sunday evening, service starts at 6. I said, okay, prayer starts an hour before service, right? Yes. 
So I went there. It was a church of probably uh, about similar in size to ours, about 175 people to 200 people on Sunday night. And so I went there to prayer. And I, I, I've, uh, you know, been to churches that have prayer services before, and usually you can count on about 10% of the congregation that's going to be there, maybe 15 or if it's a, it's a solid spiritual church, maybe 20 or 30% that were there. I got there an hour before church. I didn't get there late. I got there on time. And there were already at least 75 or 80 men and then probably about that many women over in another area. And they were praying. The pastor was in the corner. He was praying. And for a solid hour, they were praying in the Spirit. I don't mean like like just sitting there calmly thinking about God. I mean they were praying in the Spirit. And then it's church time. About ten minutes before church time, they walk up to the ser- into the service. And, uh, and, and I'll never forget the very first service. That people came in, uh, and there were guests that came in. People invited friends that came in. They were sitting up first, second row, second, third row. And the service started. They started with one song. And halfway through the song, the power of God exploded in that place. And all the guests were weeping and shaking under the power of God. And he, he, uh, uh, he just turned the mic over to me. They were halfway through the first song. I began to preach the gospel for about 15 or 20 minutes. Several people received the Holy Ghost. Uh, and then I went back the next time. It was the exact same thing. I said, are your services always this short? He says, our services aren't short. We've been here for an hour praying. Our service starts at 5 with prayer. And by the time people walk through the doors, the power of the Spirit is so here. You know why? It's because the people are filled with the Holy Ghost. They're full of the Holy Ghost. And we're going to have some good preaching during 40 days of healing. There's going to be mighty men of God that come through here, but they don't bring healing in their suitcase. And they don't bring miracles in their suitcase. It's our responsibility to be filled with the Holy Ghost. That includes taking time to get back to prayer. That includes, amen, uh, taking your time to make sure that you're faithful to the house of the Lord and being filled with the Holy Ghost. I know I'm pushing a little bit. I'm jabbing a little bit. But that's my job, all right? Uh, You've got to make it to heaven. You've got to be filled with the Spirit. And it's not good enough just for me to make it. I want my neighbors to make it. And I want everybody that walks through the doors of this place to have an encounter with Jesus Christ. Finally, the Bible talks about praying in the Spirit. That means praying in tongues, praying in the Spirit or groanings which cannot be uttered, where we get out of the flesh into the Spirit. This is what fills you up again when you pray in the Spirit. You get fill, 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 full, full, full of the Holy Spirit. So right now, I wonder if we could lift up our hands across this place because I feel, I feel God in here right now. Amen. I feel, it's, I feel a hunger in here right now. Shatayako. Mm. 
Here it goes. Come on, you've been struggling. You need to push through right now. Come on, push just a little bit. Somebody push. You're coming out. You're, you're, you're coming out of the outer court and some of you are coming into the holy place right now. Hallelujah. Something's changed in the atmosphere right now. Hallelujah. You can feel the difference right now. That's because uh, you're getting close to the presence of God. That's because the Spirit of the Lord is moving. Come on, that's it. Push, 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 push. I want to be joined up here right now by some people that are desperate enough to push. You're tired of messing with the junk you're messing with. You need God to step in. You need the Holy Spirit to, to be in your life in a powerful way. You need to be endued with power from on high. Come on, somebody pray in the spirit right now. How long's it been since you spoke in tongues in a way to where you couldn't even stop it? It was just flowing like a river. Hallelujah. Somebody push a little bit right now. Anointing of the Holy Spirit, I pray that you would fall in this house right now. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would fill every open vessel. Not just a little bit, not just a touch, but fill them with your spirit right now. Oh God, I want to be full of your spirit. Provide the sacrifice. You provide the spirit. Yeah. 
Here's what I feel the Holy Ghost speaking right now. As adults, many of you are carrying some stuff and, and you deal with things and, and you feel like breaking down sometimes. You feel like just crying. You feel like just losing yourself. But you just kind of keep it together because you're a grown-up, you know, because you got to. You just got to keep, keep going. The Bible says that we are to cast our cares upon Him. And I really believe that means when you come into the presence of the Lord, you've got to release some of that stuff. And where you wanted to break down, where you wanted to just lose it, you just want to like cry or whatever. In the presence of the Lord, you just need to let that go and let it happen. Just turn it over to the Lord Jesus right now. Because God's got healing, God's got restoration, God's got strength. But you got to break and you got to let it go. Somebody let it go right now. Hallelujah. God, I can't handle this on my own, Lord Jesus. And I need you, Lord God. I need your strength. I need your encouragement, Lord God. I need you to lift my head, Lord Jesus. Fill me up, God. Fill me up, God. Fill me up, God. Fill me up. Fill me up. 
Come on, one more time. Lift up your hands and just reach for them because God's spirit is falling and people are being refilled, renewed. Hallelujah. Jesus.
feels good. And just lift your hands right now. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like an eagle. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. This week, the Lord is going to pull our attention onto the harvest. Uh, I want to encourage you to be in prayer personally. If you can make it by the church, that's great. If you can't, pray at home. On Thursday night, uh, our life habits right now is focusing on the habit of evangelism or learning how to share the truth or share the gospel with people. That's this week on Thursday night. At 7.30, right behind here, focusing on practice. Even if you haven't been through the course, the whole course, I'd encourage you to come for this class this week just to plug in to get reignited with the spirit of evangelism. And then there are outreach on Friday night, and then here's the big one Saturday. 
We want to create this same atmosphere in here Saturday night at 6 o'clock right here. And I, I, I felt the word of prophecy a couple weeks ago that that Saturday night is going to become a healing time. That there are miracles that are going to happen in this building at 6 o'clock on Saturdays from 6 to 7. Then from 7 o'clock all volunteers or everybody that's signed up to be a part of uh, the Mission 25 I want you to encourage you to be here. It's taking the place of our salt meeting this, year, this uh, month. And uh, that's on Saturday evening at 7 o'clock from 7 to 8. We're just going to get plugged into the power of God, the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And then next Sunday, we're all going to be here. We're all going to be here. But Pastor Caleb is going to preach to us next Sunday on going viral. He talked to the young people about it, and I think he needs to talk to all of us. Uh, I feel the Spirit leading and prompting that direction. That's next week. So uh, I want you to uh, plug in. Amen. And, uh, and get everything that God has for you and live the life that God intended you to live. And that's the life of the Spirit. Amen. When you're, when you're praying in the Spirit, you'll start to be led by the Spirit. Amen. You'll begin to feel God prompting you and directing you to pray for people or minister to people and so forth. So thank God for that. Now, this is exciting. I've been looking forward to this, uh, to introducing all of you to our new semester of Life Kids, and I want to encourage all of you to go check it out uh, as soon as we uh, give you the go-ahead, the dismissal. There is a class over here for uh, kindergarten and uh, preschool, and uh, they've been working in there really hard, getting everything ready. And then out the front door there, there's the two classes on the right, the, uh, uh, the uh, Paradise Pond and uh, uh, the Knights of the Cross, and they're, they're going to be in this theme the whole year. And it's going to be really, really awesome. But I want you to check out the hard work that our Life Kids staff has uh, worked on. And you can see some of them in the teal shirts there, the Life Kids staff. And there's others out there, uh, Brother Rudy's in the teal shirt. <laughs> Amen. He's not a Life Kids staff. But he, he got the memo about the shirt. I didn't. So did Jeff. I guess it was a music thing. Amen. But anyway, God bless you. You're dismissed in the name of the Lord. I want to encourage you to stay on fire and let's, let's have a great month in September. God bless you. Also, also don't forget to sign up to volunteer on a team and make sure you get registered for our mission trip. Coming up next, not this week, but next week on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday.